Southeast Radio's morning mix. Good morning, Alan. I just want to remind the listeners the way to contact us again is 0873737956 by text, or you can WhatsApp us on that number as well in association with Doyle's Garage Courtown and Ennis Gorthy, your MG dealer for the South Or Give Marianne a call on that number 0539145222. First off, yesterday I got a submission from the regional group of deputies um, that they were bringing forward the whole area of policing and group policing policy. Can you outline exactly what was in that and what the reaction? to it was yesterday, please, because it was raised in Dáil Éireann. It was, Alan, and I'm a member of the regional group. We're a technical group of independents from regional and rural Ireland. And and when we came back in September for the first sitting, we realised that, having been in the communities for the whole of the summer, that our policing issues were growing and not in a good way. I mean, our, our traders, uh, constituents, all complaining that there's a lack of a visible um, policing in communities. And I think we brought it on the basis that we expected in a month ahead that the minister would have solved this problem and would have intervened, which to our mind is her job. She is the boss of the commissioner that has had the motion of no confidence against him. But just so as listeners understand, this is not something that has developed just in the past six months because they took a motion of no confidence in the GRA against Drew Harris. This is based on a series of poor decisions made by Commissioner Harris in his capacity as Commissioner. So as far back as 2018, when he was put in the job, he made a decision to go against government policy at that time, which was to recruit 800 Gardaí per annum. And he, in effect, felt that 600 Gardaí was enough. Now, that has accumulated since 2018 right through now, and we're seeing a massive deficit of Gardaí who are both retiring, who are leaving the force for a number of various reasons, but who are also out sick or on suspension. And this year alone, we're going to have about 633 recruits come through Templemore, but we will hardly have as much as one extra guard in the force because they will only serve to replace retirees, those on suspension or on sick leave. And this is very, very worrying. You'll find, you'll, you'll hear it in your listeners, like we have a different demographic today, both in rural Ireland and in our towns. And in every town in Wexford, I am getting complaints that there's a lack of policing or there needs to be an increase in policing. So while Sir Chief Super would tell you, you know, there is a visible presence, but that presence needs to increase. Our population has grown. The problems we have are grown. Drug usage is a huge issue, not just in any of the townslands of Wexford, but in every part of the country. And it's it's on this basis, you know, that we're asking the minister in our motion. Uh, the motion was defeated, by the way, last night in the vote. But the problem is the minister needs to take action. She's the line minister. She's the boss. And she needs to quell the harm that's been caused because morale is on the floor. And in talking to many, many Gardaí, I know that they feel that the future of policing in Ireland is becoming unrecognisable. It's not a form of policing they're familiar with. It's not one that they're happy to go forward with. And this is a much bigger issue than rostering. And I think we have to start with the minister instructing the commissioner 
to take the gun off the table. That gun being his insistence that the old rostering arrangements return on the 6th of November. And I'm afraid if we don't have a minister who can do that, it doesn't bode well for the future. All right, look, um, I, I also I had to speak to James Brown earlier because he was en route to uh, the, the, the function of WWETB. And he, I've asked him about his stance on this as well and about the uh, the possibility of the minister intervening, in other words, a mediator to try and... And he gives a very detailed answer to that, that the listeners will hear in a short while. I've also spoken at regular intervals to the chief superintendent and the invitation is always there in the interest of balance because the one thing you do not want to do is to scaremonger and frighten people. And that's something I'm very cognizant of as a radio presenter as well. We have a lot of elderly listeners listening to this at the moment and they need to know we that do. they're safe. And, right. the, and the guard, and even think- yesterday... And just to counterbalance what you said to me, even the guard that I spoke to yesterday said, uh, on foot of the, the current uh, dispute, that the Gardaí are there to answer. And I think you, as a, as a sitting deputy, need to get that point as well. The last thing we want to do is to frighten people into thinking that they're not safe in their homes. Well, Alan, that's not... I, I haven't said anything that would intimate that. What I am saying is that people have expressed their concerns to me as their public representative in order to bring it to the authorities who actually can deal with it. And that is the Minister for Justice. And I mean, there's not a, there's nobody in Wexford that will ring up and say that I'm scaremongering. And if they do, it's an untruth. The reality of the figures that I have presented, I went back and tried to do some research in relation to garden numbers. It's so confusing as to what has been put on the doll floor from every, every minister in Canada. Right including the Taoiseach and the Taunista. And I told minister, uh, the minister yesterday that I got dizzy and I had to stop because none of their figures correlated with anything. Like, we had a, a senator tell me on television the other night that we were training 850 Gardaí this year. That's incorrect. And he said I was the one putting the untruth out there. We are training 633. It's a far cry from the spin from the Taoiseach when he says we are funding once we can't get 1,000. That's the issue. I mean, the issue we really have here is that this story is ongoing. Morale is on the floor. Yeah. Despite what the hierarchy will tell you, morale is on the floor. And I have so many people coming to me telling me I'd like to join okay. the guards, but I'm not going to join it now. And this, whilst you may think it's scaremongering, no, people I, no, need I, not... I, I, I just re- I revisit that. I, I say that I'm you not saying it's scaremongering. You certainly can. I think yeah, I, we I, need, I, I, as no, you I, well I, I, know... I revisit that. Almost, I, no, can you well, well me? I just put it to you this way, Alan. Yeah. There was almost... There was 160 million euros worth, and we're not even sure yet of drugs seized off the coast of Wexford. Just imagine the pressure brought to bear had that got onto our streets. And that's only one seizure. Mm. That pressure is there and growing. And we are not able to combat it because we have have less in the force now than we had in 2015. And I have a serious issue with that. Wexford is fourth on the, fourth from the bottom on the league table of what we should have in Gardaí from the per, from the point of view of population. Mm-hmm. That is not our chief superintendent's fault. Mm-hmm. That is not our superintendent's fault. This lies squarely with the commissioner who has paid €270,000 okay. per annum to do a job that I feel he is incapable oh. of based on the history of his serving since 2018. Right. I, I look, I, as I said, I will go back and give Angarda Shikora the right to reply to that again and the only point it wasn't uh, saying that you were scaremongering what I was trying to uh, get the point across Verola is that 
that having spoken to the Garda representative yesterday on the programme, that uh, when I mentioned about the, the dispute... They, and they are doing their utmost, exactly. I appreciate that, and, and, and a very and, and good Gar- job. And, and the Garda in question stated quite clearly to me that if you need on Garda, she call it, pick up the phone and ring them. And that's the only point Correct. we're trying to get across. I do no, not no, want, I appreciate I that. I do not want yeah. my elderly listeners to think that they are not protected and safe in their homes. I do not want that to happen, and that's the point in well, making Well, I'm, I'm just concerned, Alan, that there's a proposal coming from the, from the uh, department that we'd have an increase in Garda reserves. Right. They're talking about other forms of policing. There is no substitute for a Garda, and I can assure okay. you of that. And, right. and many of our reserve Garda stay on or and become Garda or they leave eventually. But I think, you know, we have to look at where the problems are, and I think the problems are right. sticking out like a sore thumb. All right, like, like so. a lot of politicians, including yourself, have, have, have pointed out the problems. But before I move away from this, Verona, what are the solutions? What are you, what well, are you suggesting? Is, 100% the solutions are we have to sit down around the table. Now, this is something that the Minister kept saying during the summer. All of these associations were around the table. The plug, the plug was pulled on those negotiations early in the year by Drew Harris. He refused to implement, which is his prerogative, a new rostering arrangement. He absolutely pulled the plug, jumped the gun and went to the WRC. Then an action was taken in the High Court to stop that. I think, Alan, everybody might be under the illusion here that this is uh, something they did off the cuff by taking a motion of no confidence Mm. in this commissioner. By no means did the guards do that. This has been in in the offing for a number of years. And I can go back to when he went went against government policy in 2018 and Minister Flanagan signed off on it, and we now have an accumulation of that poor decision. So I think this same... This very same commissioner said we couldn't possibly go back to the old rostering arrangements. We didn't have the resources. He has never given an explanation for why he has changed his mind. He has never said that we have the resources because clearly we don't. And the simple thing is to sit down. I have no doubt that if the stakeholders sit down, there's many, many other issues, but that the rostering issue is one that will be sorted out. And that that means that the minister must instruct Okay. At this point in time, the Commissioner to take the gun off the table and remove the deadline for the implementation of the old arrangement. I will forward a transcript of what you said to me to the Garda Press Office and give them the right to reply. I want to move on to other issues with you now, please. And uh, one of no those problem. is um, uh, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, budget and where you see as a priority. So I, I have to go to Hickwa very shortly, Verona. So just can you give me your view on the and, budget, and please? And I'm very, I, I'm, I'm in front of PAC today where we have the HSE in with us, Alan, and you know it's something that I advocate for on a constant basis. And Hickwa is something that is never far from my mind because they ultimately are the governing body of all our institutions when it comes to how they're performing and whether or not they actually stay open. Hickwa are the people who come in and say you're doing it right or wrong. And I think in July of this year, I brought the CEO of the HSE, Bernard Gloucester, down to visit Comus and Windmill. Such is my concern about our Section 39s. And in that, I will include Reachability, former CWCW and Enniscorthy and St. Aidan's in Gorey. These Section 39s are catering for the most vulnerable in our society, thousands of people, and they are funded from year to year, often 
very much in their viability is precarious. And I have been in constant touch with them. Mm. And unfortunately, we see at budget time, every year at budget, we get pronouncements of millions of euro to go into different sectors. Well, Alan, I'm four years yeah. elected now, and I can tell you that quite often okay. the money never gets spent. And for me, a budget is about delivery. And I, I have an email that I got from Mr. Gloucester yesterday informing me that the 200,000 that was uh, being looked for by Windmill to support its 100-day service mm. users and their, their um, yeah. uh, in-house residents is being granted. And I'm pleased to say that, okay. but it should not be painstaking. Comus the same. Comus were granted their money to continue the, to continue a school leaver programme, something that's really, really close to my heart. It helps children mm. of school leaving age understand what their avenues and their paths are. But I think especially those in a vulnerable cohort or with a disability... Like over 13% of our population have a disability. Right. And these, these, these institutions, or, or I would say services, are being disregarded annually. Okay. And I brought the HSE CEO down because we need to plan. Many of these service users have families who, whose parents are in their late 70s, early 80s, and we don't have a residential plan going forward. We don't have a plan that subsidises on on a continuum our Section 39s. They're begging year on year, and I end up intervening. Like, it was eight months from when Minister Rabbit granted funding to uh, Windmill. It was eight months later when I intervened that the funding was actually received. I'm sorry, now, I'm I'm going to have to move you on a little bit, Adam. We will hear from Minister of State James Brown, who I did speak to earlier uh, about both those issues you talked about. Um, Well, well, just to say that budgets are about delivery. You can announce what you like, but it has to be about the delivery. Okay. Um, Finally, a Minister of State, um, a Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris, is due to join me in studio very soon. Um, I know you raised issues with him. Would you just like to revisit what you raised with him? And I'll raise it with him again. I did. Last week on the doll floor, I asked Minister Harris for further in higher education what what he could tell me in relation to our set to a new state-of-the-art campus for Wexford because ultimately speaking with Veronica Campbell of set two, she is requesting seven million euros from the minister in order to get the planning application or the planning uh, to application stage. So that was really the premise of where I was coming from. But I want to see a campus built in Wexford that will include STEM courses. It's time now. I had the vision for Rosslare Europort. That's ongoing and it's going to take a hell of a lot more investment than is there, Alan. But you can see that it's off the ground and it's getting going. We need to do the same now. We have a third level college that is now a third level university, but we need to expand that to encompass and use the resources that we have in Wexford, which are the Department of Environment, the Department of Agriculture, Rosslare Europort, and hopefully soon to be an offshore wind centre of excellence, mm. as well as the fact that we can now introduce STEM, we should be now introducing STEM courses to our university. Okay. They're the science, technology, engineering and maths courses. These are the courses where our indigenous sectors like Kent's require skill sets, uh, Integer and New Ross, which mm-hmm. is growing day on day, but we need to attract foreign direct investment 
investment to Wexford and this is the way to do it and I'll be pushing that. We're we're a long way off but I need this process to speed okay. up and we need the money to be invested in the in Wexford. Southeast Radio's morning mix. South-